Good morning and welcome to the 425 Show, your place to be for all things real estate and lifestyle related. I'm your host, Nicole Mangina with Windermere Real Estate. Welcome. It is the Tuesday before Christmas. We were just talking here in the studio about um, everybody's got their Christmas list done and it's getting a little nutty out there. Uh, And you know what? It's a little nutty in the real estate market, too. Uh, Usually it slows down in December as we get close to the holidays, but um, I actually had some buyers in multiple offers over the weekend. So there you go. The market is alive and well. There's definitely things going on. And I had a conversation with a seller um, client this week that I thought would be good to mention today. You know, clients always want to know when is the best time to put your home on the A, when is the best time, but not only that, how long does it take? And, you know, most of the real estate in the first half of the year is actually precipitated by the holidays because people are in your your homes more. And you tend to think, oh, my house is too big. It's too small. It's too this. It's too that. It's time for a move. Uh, And so if you're thinking about that, then the question becomes, okay, when do you want to go on the market and how long does it take? You need to give yourself a good two weeks, if not a full month, to get your house really ready to go in order to get the best impact out of the market. Because as soon as you hit the the market, that's when you're the new fresh thing and you really want to capitalize on that. When we work with sellers, there are about two dozen different things we actually do before a house goes on the market in order to help our clients get the best result possible. So just something to think about if you're going into the holidays and thinking, oh, maybe 2019 is going to be the time to sell a house and move on to something else. And without further ado, I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Sherry Gazit with TeenWise. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Um, thanks so much for being here this morning. It's a pleasure. Traffic wasn't bad, so I'm in a good mood. Good. Ready to go. Yay. <laughs> I know you never know in the morning, right? You never know. Never know. So, and by the way, I, I said your name wrong, didn't I? It's Sherry Gazit. No, you said it right. Okay. Sherry Gazit. Yeah. <laughs> I practiced so many times before the show. I thought, like, oh my goodness, I think I'm going to mess this up. So, yay. Nailed it. <laughs> good job. Gold start. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am so excited to have you here. Uh, like we were talking about before the show, you know, I sell real estate, but really it's about the people and the places and the businesses and services that make this such an amazing place to live. And what you do is phenomenal working with teens. So I'm really excited to talk about what you do today. Oh, I'm always excited to talk about it. It's awesome. my passion. So Perfect. Well, tell us a little bit about TeenWise and how you got started with all of this. Oh, boy. I mean, I could tell you the hour-long version, but I'll tell you the short version. So um, I have three teen daughters of my own, so yeah. anything I do professionally is helpful for that. Right. But it all started because I was working for the Women's Sports Foundation. Okay. I was actually a volunteer and put together an event, and they said, hey, we like what you did. We're going to hire you. So I was working as the Go Girl Go Seattle director and um, helping to spread the word about a free curriculum they had, which was about making healthy choices for girls ages 8 to 18. Okay. So loved that um, job. And then as life goes, I was throwing a curveball and the grant ran out in the Seattle area. Oh, shoot. So tears streaming. What do I do next? And People kept calling me, can you come and talk, do a presentation? I'm like, well, I'm not working for them anymore. They're like, we don't care. Just come on over. So um, I realized I needed a, a company sure. because um, I couldn't just say, hey, I'm Sherry. Let me talk to you. you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I needed to be an entity. And, um, yeah, so it just built from there. I'm just keeping on top of what the teen issues are. And um, as a parent, I know that it's hard to keep up with that stuff. 
without and, a doubt. Yeah. So I do presentations and workshops, and I have a book on friendship. And yeah, I just, it's near and dear to my heart. That's amazing. I love it. What are some of the biggest things that you see with teens right now? What are the, some of the biggest things that you coach on? And oh work? boy, there's so many. I know. <laughs> yeah, so I many. know. <laughs> okay. It's a three hour show. Yeah. Um, well, vaping is a big thing, but it's not something I deal with a lot. But it actually is kind of a side effect of what I see a lot. And that's right. anxiety and depression mm-hmm. is just rampant right now. And, you know, we as parents and as a society are looking at it and we're all concerned, but we don't know what to do about it. Right. And so although we need more mental health professionals to help with that, we need to look at what's causing it. Why are our kids so stressed out and so anxious and depressed? Yes. So that's what I kind of focus on. And that is bringing the kids' inner joy to the forefront. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of what's happening is, well, intention parents are just stifling their kids. Yes. We just are so over-involved that our kids are not able to explore and be curious and figure out who they are and what lights them up. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do. That's great. And so how do you do that? You work you work with the teens. You coach mm-hmm. teens yeah. one-on-one, right? So I do private coaching for teen okay. girls only, although I know teen boys need it. Yeah. Um, it's just that's my forte. That's I think what it's the area I know. And mm-hmm. um, both boys and girls are very complicated, and I just want to make sure I'm the right fit. Right. So I do private coaching, but also I have workshops for girls and boys on issues mm-hmm. that come up and then workshops for parents. That's awesome. And I think that's great that you provide that um, for the kids because and, and also, you know, for the parents to to know that there's a place where your child can go mm-hmm. to, um, you know, get some help and, and things like that, because it's fascinating. Right. You know, I have a teenager. I have boys, but I have a teenager and a preteen. Um, it's so interesting to be on the parents' side of it oh, yeah. versus the kids' side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there, you know, there's a lot of things I remember from being a teen, but I still often find myself at a loss mm-hmm. in terms of okay, I think something something's going on. Like how how do I get through? How do right. I how do I help my child? Well, in that things? age is strange because they almost present like an adult. They seem like they're logical sometimes, right? And, you know, they're articulate and. Um, so we all of a sudden, when they get into middle school, we we as parents have this mind shift right. that they're supposed to be mini adults. Right. But they're not. They're on the journey to becoming an adult. Yes. And we have to remember that. Yes. Which is good. To, I mean, our 14 year old, he's like six one and has the deep voice. And oh, yeah. He looks like a man. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not. Yeah. He's still a kid. Yep. But we expect him to act like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So what are some of the biggest stressors that you're seeing for kids these days? Um. I think the biggest obvious one is academics. Yeah. We I um, you were going to say social media, actually. Oh, no, social. Well, we'll talk about that. Okay. okay. So let's talk about no. academics. Academics. Because I think this is, I know it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So academics is a problem because it used to be in the olden days when mm-hmm. we were young. Um, the kids who were interested in school and super scholastic, they got pushed to college and supported to right. go there. And now it's everyone needs to go. Right. And um, we're not really offering the other options that our kids have. Mm. And even worse, we're telling them you need to go to a top college if you want to be successful. Right. And so they have this idea from a very young age that they need to be really, um, you know, all A's, mm-hmm. all in. And anything they take on, like soccer, volleyball, yes. um, gymnastics, whatever they take on, they need to be the best of the best. Mm hmm. Because they need to have that college resume that right. will get them in the top school, mm-hmm. which we know it's not true. You can go to BCC, which is now BC, 
and still be an amazingly successful person. We yes. know those people, right? Right. But we have this idea our kids do, especially at Stanford or Harvard or Yale or else forget it. You're not going to be successful. Right. So yeah. we just have this, this narrow path to success. And think of it if you're a seventh grader and you aren't great at school mm-hmm. and you hear all these messages, you're like, I'm a loser. I am never going to be successful because I don't make all A's. Yeah. It's a really tough message for our kids. It's yeah, it's super hard. I notice it with um, our older son, um, and it make, it actually makes me laugh. It's not funny at all, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he goes to a school that is very academically focused, and so the part that makes me laugh is all of the parents. They want you know, they're all about the Harvards and the Yales yeah. and the mm-hmm. Stanfords of the world. But really, I look around, if you want to be successful, you should just go to an in-state school and build your network. Yes. Because mm-hmm. as an adult, you look at all the in-state school people, they stick together and their mm-hmm. bonds are tight, right? And they're still great schools. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And conversely, our younger child is dyslexic. So he is very bright, but there are certain things that he really struggles with mm-hmm. in school. Um, and my husband and I laugh, like, we're not worried about him. He's going to be great mm-hmm. in life. But um yeah. He's going to have many skills that carry him very, very far, but they may not be the skills he really needs to be traditionally successful Mm -hmm. in school. Yeah, and I'm sure you know this, but most people who have dyslexia are super successful because they haven't had this easy path. They've seen, I can struggle, I can work hard, and I can do a really good job Mm -hmm. and be successful. I don't need to have all A's. I don't need to be mainstream doing their own thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the academics is huge Mm -hmm. um, and the the pressure we put on the kids, for sure. And I hear a lot from parents. uh, They'll say, I can't let my child quit, whatever it is, you know, whatever extracurricular it is, because it won't look good on their college resume. Right. And and I'll hear that with a sixth grader who's the one that pops into my mind is karate. One mom was like, oh, I don't want him to quit karate because it's not going to look good on his college resume. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but... If he doesn't quit karate, he's not getting the space to go find what he really enjoys. Right. So we have to think of it that way, not of trying to have our kids live for the college resume, Mm -hmm. but have them live for inner joy because that's what success, like that brings success, not the GPA. No, for sure. Although I will say, and I'm sure you've experienced this with your girls, it is very hard to find a middle ground, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Both academically and with sports. Our boys do a lot of sports, yeah. and it's an all-or-nothing thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think sports should be about half the time commitment that they yeah. actually are mm-hmm. um, so that you can do some of these other things. But there really isn't a middle ground out there. right? So it's trying to we're constantly trying to figure that out with our kids mm-hmm. of, like, how are we going to still carve out our time and their downtime and right. all of that kind of stuff. Here's a really interesting thing that I just read about about this whole idea of work ethic mm-hmm. and that we need to push our kids to get those A's because we're teaching them about work ethic. Mm-hmm. Really, there's brain science behind it. Okay. So it doesn't have to be academic work ethic. Mm-hmm. If you have your kid find something they love doing yeah, and work really hard at it, mm-hmm. that transfers later in life to work ethic okay. because it, it pairs work, hard work with dopamine. Okay. So they work really hard to, let's say, they play football. They're practicing. It's really hard work. They're exhausted, but they love it. So they get this dopamine push. Yeah. So that that in their brain is coupled hard work, dopamine. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be about academics. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. All right. My boys will appreciate that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) What else are you seeing in teens these days? 
Well, I'm seeing um, social media you brought up. Yeah. So let's talk about social media. It's getting a bad rap. Yeah. Although for good reason. Mm-hmm. But there are positives of social media, too. Yeah. So um, what I think is really happening is social media magnifies everything that's going on. Yes. And it affects girls more than boys because mm-hmm. it's very visual. If you think about Instagram, oh, you know, right. it's a perfect picture. Yeah. Um, so it just is magnifying everything. Mm-hmm. And it's also 24-7. Right. So even if your kids are off their phone at 9... Mm-hmm. Like they probably should be earlier. Um, the social life is still going on behind the scenes because there's right. other kids who are on it, right? Yes. So they wake up in the morning and all this social stuff has happened in the last six hours. So they have to get caught up and figure out what does that mean? What does that mean? Right. Did I do something wrong? Um, did I handle that right? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's constant. I think is the biggest issue with it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and now, so you've you've got different things going for teens, right? Mm-hmm. You've got one-on-one coaching and workshops and lots of different ways. If somebody wanted to find out more about those, how would they get a hold of you? The easiest way is to go to my website, teenwiseseattle.com. Okay. And um, I've got lots of information there. I have videos parents can watch. I have awesome. um, different events that are posted up there. Okay. If they want to schedule a free parent consult with me, they can do that. Great. Get a half hour of my time, jump right on my calendar, and we can talk about what's going on in life with our teens mm-hmm. or tweens. I should include tw- uh, tweens as well. I do middle school and high school. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the easiest way to find out more about what I do. Okay. And um, you can get on my newsletter also, which will be awesome because I'm going to roll out a new program next year, which yeah. you and I talked about. I know. I'm excited for this. Yeah. I so this is so needed. So I'm taking all that I hear from parents and all Mm -hmm. that I hear from teenagers and I'm figuring out what people need. And basically the teenagers need space to create um, or they need space to find out what their inner joy is all about. Right. And the parents are willing to do that, but they don't know what it looks like. It's true. Yeah. I mean, we really don't. Yeah. Right. It's tough. How do you back off and, and still, be there to support them and motivate them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm creating an online course called Space. Space for Parents, and it stands for something, of course, my framework. Um, So I'm going to help and guide parents on how to support their kids because it looks very different than most parents are doing. Right. And then P is for Potential. We need to recognize that our kids have potential Mm -hmm. in a lot of areas, but they don't need to be at their full potential for everything they do. Right. Like, think Thank of you. our lives, right? Good reminder. Yes. Yeah. Like, I went bowling the other day. Fluke incident. I got six strikes in a game. Nice. I have never bowled like that. I don't think I've had six strikes in my whole life. Yeah. So I was thinking, if I was a child and my I had a parent, my parent would be like, oh, my gosh, we're going to get you a bowling coach. You're going to be <laughs> on the league. I'm getting you a bowling ball. I'm getting you shoes, you know? That's what we do to our kids, right? We get so funny. excited for so them. True. So we have to realize potential doesn't equal, like, inner joy. It Just yes. because your kid has the potential doesn't mean they need to do it. That is awesome. So that's something that's super important. And then A is for assessment. We have to step back as parents and figure out what are our values, yes. what are the messages that we send Yeah. inadvertently sometimes. So some parents will say, oh, of course I don't tell my kids that they need to get all A's, but if you ask the kids, they're like, yeah, my parents expect me to get all A's. Mm. So we have to think about the the micro messages that we're sending there you yeah know? and then there's c for connection um uh-huh. like you were saying um how do you give your kids space but stay connected 
Right. That's tough. Yeah, with a 14-year-old, it feels like all he wants is space. Right. Like, no, no, it's time to come back yeah. into the fold. So it's a it's a balance. But yeah. a lot of times what you'll find is the parents who are super over-involved and controlling, their kids are out of there because they don't yeah. want that anymore. Um, so when you give them space, then um, it gives them that chance to come back on their own. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with mandatory family time either. Right. You know, we got to do that with our teens who are like, you say, out the door, let me hang out with my friends 24 hours a day. So, yeah. And then there's E, which is excitement. We have to create excitement for our kids, excitement of learning, excitement of, you know, failing, mm-hmm. excitement of exploring. So we just, we got to do it. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Add all the other stuff, vaping and alcohol and dating and, yeah. It is a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's great, though, that you're providing this because a lot of it isn't common sense, mm-hmm. you know, or not only is I think not that it's yeah, it's not common sense or it just doesn't come naturally sometimes. Right. Especially mm-hmm. when you're in the moment dealing with something with your child. Mm-hmm. Um, we always want to think we're doing the right thing or taking the high road, but sometimes you're not. Yeah. Um, and so to have these resources and be able to get tips and tools on how to work with your child, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're in an environment where you're not getting a lot of feedback, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're doing these things with your kids, and you may not you may not be getting a lot back mm-hmm. from them. So yeah. um, I think it's helpful. Well, it's interesting when you have young kids. There's yes. all sorts of support. And you're talking to other parents about nap time and eating and right. you know, all that stuff. But when you get to middle school, it's like silence because right. the issues are bigger. Yes. And you don't want to break your kids' trust by talking about, hey, I caught them vaping or I caught them making out with someone. Or, right. You know, you don't want to start divulging that. Yes. And I feel like parents get super judgy at that age, too. Like when the kids are in middle and high school, it's like a competition. How successful is your kid? What are yeah. they doing? And there's something called um, child contingent self-esteem. Yes. This is a problem, you know, yes. that it's all about what is my kid doing? That's how my self-esteem is developed. Yeah, it's interesting. I noticed this in sports very early oh, on yeah. with the kids, right? The parents um, and or coaches that are like reliving their sports dreams mm-hmm. or lack thereof through their children. Right. Um, it was fascinating and horrifying both to watch, right? Yeah. Um, and yes, now that the kids are older, I'm, it, I saw it first in sports, but I'm absolutely seeing it in school and Mm -hmm. academics as well in terms of you know which classes are they taking and are they in the accelerated math or this or that or you Mm -hmm. know all of that it's yeah it's a it's a huge thing it is and whenever I ask I shouldn't say whenever quite often when I ask Mm -hmm. parents how are your kids doing Uh they always start with school they're doing great they've got straight A's yeah I'm like yeah but how are they doing like that's a totally different thing like, I had straight A's growing up, and I had all sorts of stuff going on behind the scenes my parents did not know about. Oh, wow. And um, so, I mean, it's grades are not an indicator of their mental health. No. Not by any means. But parents have in their head, if my kid's achieving, they must be doing fine. Yeah. I, I think mental health is um, it's so important, but I think it's the part that we feel least equipped as parents mm-hmm. to address. Right. So it's the thing we avoid mm-hmm. the most. Right. Right. And I think it's great that you've got... Teen-wise, because, you know, then the other thing is then there's the whole stigma of going to a counselor. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is that the right thing to do? How do you feel about it? How does your child feel about Mm -hmm. it? What if the neighbors find out? You know, whereas if you do something like a teen-wise. Yeah. Right. It's it's perceived different. 
safely. Exactly. Or, and it's yeah. more okay, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. I, yeah. I'm trying to get to the kids before they need a therapist, yes. before they're clinically diagnosed as anxious or depressed. Right. I don't want to wait until they're at that level. Well, and that's, and that's what the we thing. Do. There's so many interim steps that can yeah. happen. So mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful, both for the kids and the parents. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Do you have any um, workshops coming up? They would be on your website if you do, correct? I don't have any workshops right now. Okay. On the books, ending the year, I have a lot of private ones at schools yeah. and stuff, but I don't have a lot of that are open to the public. Got it. But like I mentioned, the online course, that'll be up. I'm shooting for February to okay. April in there, and that will be up there as soon as it's ready to go. Perfect. If somebody wanted to put together a private course or something would you do that for people absolutely they just need to get in touch with me and we'll figure out how I can get over to your organization and I have a fantastic new talk I'm doing that's specifically about this how to nurture your child's superpower got it and we talk about how to give them space so they can find out what their superpower is oh that's awesome I want to come to that (laughs) again (laughs) I'll let you know (laughs) all right if you're just joining us today we've got Sherry with TeenWise um, talking about all the different things that teens go through on a daily basis. Um, so here's a question for you. What are the, some of the best ways you can nurture downtime for your kids? Because that is my biggest thing as a mm-hmm. parent, right? I always feel like they need downtime. Yes. And then they get on that darn computer game. Mm-hmm. And as I don't feel like that's downtime. No, it's not. There's, <laughs> I, so how do you create space and nurture downtime for mm-hmm. your kids? that does not involve them zoning out mm-hmm. and shooting people. Right. <laughs> video yeah, games. see, I have girls, so I don't have the shooting people part, but I do have the screen part, right? right. Um, although they've dabbled with Fortnite a little yeah. bit here and there. Um, so there's research that shows that downtime is so, so important yes. for the brain. There's a large portion of our brain that doesn't ignite until we have downtime. Right. So with our kids, I hear a lot about them trying to go to bed at night and their minds are spinning. Mm-hmm. And... For me, what I think it is, is all of that downtime that they should have throughout the day, which is what we're biologically programmed Mm -hmm. to do, they haven't gotten. So that it's all happening at once. Right. And what happens in that downtime is they begin to process themselves, who they are. Mm -hmm. They begin to make connections between like social things Mm -hmm. and um, information they learn in school. It's really a self-reflection time. Mm -hmm. So our kids have to have it. Yeah. But they're not getting it. They're not. Yeah. So we have to nurture that. But especially when we're talking to high schoolers, when they get, we can't force it. I, that's the hard part. Like we just can't. But we can talk about it. We can role model it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can just say, especially when they're younger, we can start to create that habit for them. Right. And we can take away devices because we own their devices. Right. right? So we can say, so sorry, the devices are going to sleep during these hours mm-hmm. of the day so that you can do that. So your brain can literally process itself. Right. And so, um, you know, just talking to them about it, having that conversation about why it's important and then setting limits on screen time. Yeah, that's awesome. One of our, my best things so far is I make the kids walk the dog with me whenever they're around. Perfect. Which actually works. Pre- There's a whole lot of huffing and puffing to get out mm-hmm. of the house. Yeah. <laughs> But once you're out, they but love once it, we're right? Out, we're fine, and they talk. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a, one of the best places in terms of getting them to talk. It takes a yeah. little bit, but yeah, awesome. I talk about calm communication with parents, and I have mm-hmm. some pointers on how to have that calm communication, mm-hmm. open line of communication, and having those casual moments together is where they really open up. Mm-hmm. Because you're not saying, "I want you to sit down at three o'clock with me. We're going to talk for an hour." Yeah, you're not going to find them at three o'clock. You no. know. So, um, but when it's 
in their mind, it's not all about them. Right. We're just going to walk the dog. They're much more open because they're not on the defensive. Yeah. They're not like cautious about am I going to reveal too much or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So whether it's driving in the car or it's a board game Mm -hmm. or doing art together or it's walking the dog, that's when you can really talk a lot to your kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Someone told me years and years ago, and I think it's so true, it's really about quality time. Mm -hmm. It's not about quantity. Right. um, Quantity time versus quality. Yeah. Right? You know, you kind of come in and you're like, okay, I've got 30 minutes left. Let's have quality time. Yeah. Really, the quality comes from you just got to be there for Mm -hmm. a period of time. Yeah, and it can be small moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of my girlfriends, she had the best analogy the other day. She has a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. And, um, she said, raising a teenager is like bird watching. <laughs> she goes, you know, at home, I'm there. She wants to watch TV. She goes, I don't really like TV, but I'm watching it with her because that's what you do. Right. And then all of a sudden, after like an hour and a half of TV, she'll like talk for five minutes and mm-hmm. download about her day and really divulge some intimate things. And yeah. she's like, it's like bird watching. It's mm-hmm. a whole lot of sitting around. I love that. <laughs> I so thought, funny. You know, I think you're totally right on that. It's very true. It has to be on their time when they're ready to talk. Yeah. You can't say, all right, I've got time. Talk right now. (laughs) Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, it's the holidays. So what are, and it's the 425 show. We talk about what we love in the 425. Mm -hmm. Do you have any fun holiday traditions with your girls? You know, we don't. We yeah. lay around and we have a lot of downtime. You know, we do we too. Just, we like do movie marathons. Yeah, we just relax. Like yeah. we don't feel like we need to program it. Yeah. Um, I actually celebrate Hanukkah, so oh, there you go. I'm done. Oh, so yeah. we just nice. have some downtime. You and your eight crazy nights. I know <laughs> they were crazy. Yes, yeah, just roping <laughs> in all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> we that's a tradition. We listen to that song every year. See? Yeah, yeah, See? love it. Yeah, we love that song, but. Yeah, so, um, and I think, and you guys were talking about the stress of the holidays, and I really think of it, like, the years where I have the energy and I have the time, I might Pinterest it out, right? Right. I'm not the best at all that stuff, but I'll do all that stuff, buy the eight nights of gifts, and it's joyous for me, Uh but when I feel obligated to do it, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do it, because I don't want to bring that in. I want it to be joyous, and there's going to be stress involved on some level, but... I think it's super important for parents to think about that. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the atmosphere you're creating around the holidays? Mm -hmm. So kind of check yourself. Are you stressing yourself out where you're just miserable? Yeah. And your kids are like, oh, here's the Christmas Grinch again, you know? like. Or is it, yay, Christmas time, you know? Yeah. So I think it's super important to think about that. But That's good. Yeah, it feels it feels a little frantic this year with the kids going to school so late yes, in December. Yes, you've got like two days to get ready. I know. Yeah. Oh, well. Amazon Prime. We talked about that earlier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm all day. about Amazon Prime. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Sherry. Again, as Sherry with TeenWise. Um, you focus on girls, but I think it's relevant for everybody because I'm assuming the parent class that you're putting together is relevant for parents, whether you have boys or girls. Absolutely. Without question. Yeah. For girls, the private coaching is just for girls, Mm -hmm. but most everything is relevant to boys as well. Yeah. So important, I think, for the kids, but also for parents because, you know, I know my husband and I were always looking for new tools and just ways to connect with people Mm -hmm. um, and with our kids and stuff like that because it feels like it's it's a finite window of time, right? Right. You want to make it count and you feel like this is your chance to launch them into the world and Mm -hmm. so anything we can do to connect with them. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining the 425 show. We will see you next week. Um, Have a great holiday. Bye-bye.